It's Thanksgiving week, and the first line of Psalm 9 today is, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. So the timing of that is wonderful, right? Uh, Psalm 9 during Thanksgiving week, and we're going to see some things about spiritual health that comes from a thankful heart today. I want to share this encouragement with each of you that there is much spiritual health that comes from a thankful heart, right? Uh, If you read any, any just secular book about how to be uh, just healthier, more stable mentally, all that part of that book is going to be about being a thankful person, being a grateful person, recounting uh, the good things in your life and making lists of those things. But when we, when we do that with the Lord and we take our thankfulness to him who is the giver of every good and perfect gift, it, it's a whole nother level of peace and confidence in the Lord and who he is and how he cares for us. And that's what Psalm 9 is getting at. Psalm 9 is written within the context of David still being in the world, just like we are, still facing the difficult things that he's facing, but God has done some things. And so in the midst of David still being in the midst of all of those difficult things, he's stopping to give thanks to the Lord. And he just worshiped him big time in Psalm 8. And in Psalm 9, He's beginning with thanks. And so I want us to see today the prayer sort of abiding in God from a thanksgiving perspective, from giving thanks to the Lord. So here's a big idea. It's quoting James 1.17. It's God is the giver of every good and perfect gift, so we thank him. Right? We know that he's the giver of every good and perfect gift, and if you didn't, he is. Right? God is the giver of every good and perfect gift, so... We thank him. We don't want to just end that and think, God, you gave this. We, we want to thank him for giving us every good and perfect gift. So we want to look at some of those today. And I'm going to go, we're going to take four moves through the passage today. And I want to start each one with um, thank God, and then we'll finish it with the, with the point. Okay, so here's the first one. It's thank God with your whole heart. Thank God with your whole heart from verses one through two. Verses one through two say this. It says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Next phrase starts, I will, again, recount all of your wonderful deeds. Third phrase, again, I will be glad and exalt in you. Fourth phrase, I will sing praise to your name, almost high. Now, do y'all think that King David is, is planning future thanks? Like he's saying, I will in the future, like tomorrow when I'm less busy, I will. Or do you think he's saying like, this is happening right now, he's giving thanks. Which one? It's the right now stuff, right? He's determined these four I wills. He is determined about giving thanks to the Lord for what he's doing and what he's done and who God is. And and mind you, like, things are still difficult for David. Uh, We're gonna see that as as we just go through the Psalms. Things are still difficult. They're gonna be difficult for us, but he's taking a thanksgiving break. He is resting in the Lord and giving his thanks to him. So I wanna share with you, uh, just point out four words or phrases in these two verses so we capture what's going on. First, David says he wants to thank God with his whole heart. What does that mean, like with your whole heart? Really, it means genuineness. It's not just a quick like, hey, thanks, Lord, like, you know, real quick and you move on. This is a, there's a depth to this. With your whole heart, you're, you're really feeling it. It's, it's authentic thankfulness to the Lord. Like, God, you did this. I thank you. The second word there is recount. 
recount. And that word means remember. It means look back on and enumerate the things on a list, in your head, on paper, on your phone, whatever it is that God has done for you. So you're recounting those things. You're playing back the the tape of what God has done in the last day, in the last week, the last month, year. You're recounting it. But here's something to think about with that word recount. You can't really do that super well when you're just like hustling through life, right? The word recounting requires us to slow down a bit and requires us to think like, all right, God, what, what, what can I do to slow down a bit and then to settle into really giving you thanks with my whole heart so that I can recount what you've done? Would you play back, Lord, where I've been and what you've done so you're recounting those things. Slow down a bit so that the Lord can bring those things to mind and so you can thank him. The next word is the word exalt, E-X-U-L-T. And so we know the word exalt. Exalt means to sing praise out loud, like exalt God, lift him high. It's what we just did as we sang. Uh, as the worship team's leading us, we're exalting God. Exalt with a U is within praise. It's praise within. You're feeling it. You're thankful to the Lord for what he's done. You're exalting in God, and you're, you're letting it settle with your whole heart. You're recounting what he's done, and then you're letting it settle. And then this last phrase, sing praise. Y'all, this is awesome. It's the word psalm. It's the word psalm. He is psalming to God praise to him. He's not just thanking him, he's psalming him. He's not just singing to God, he's psalming to God. So think about this, a, a thank you note is thanks to a person, right? A psalm is thanks to the Lord. So when you psalm thanks, it becomes your theme song. It becomes like your background music, but, but you don't need AirPods, right? Because the playlist is coming from within, that's what's happening for David. That's what happens to us as Christian people who know our Lord, who know the Savior Jesus. That thankfulness comes from within and then out of a thankful heart comes what we say, what we're thinking, how we're living. And we, as we're recounting who God is and what he's done in our lives, can live and abide in him all the more because of thanksgiving to him. So toward the end of the sermon, I'm gonna lead us through a time, really it's just through the outline and uh, so that you can thank the Lord for what he's doing and who he is. Uh, and, and I want to give us that, that time and that pause. So as we go today, be thinking through things like, God, what have you done this year in my life? How have I grown? How have you proven your character to me? What are the difficult things that, that I've gone through that you've brought me through? How have you proven yourself that you answer prayer? What have you taught me? How am I more Christ-like? Those questions, be thinking through those as we go this morning so we can pray well toward the end and, and thank the Lord. So first thing is thank God with your whole heart. This next one is a bit surprising, all right? It's thank God when enemies have turned back. So from Psalm 9, we're getting a little list of what, it, what David, what a time of thanks, this time of thanks was for him, and we're learning from it, all right? So he's saying thank God when enemies have turned back. It's what David's doing, and we're gonna learn a lot from this. Maybe you're thinking, huh, when I thank the Lord, it's usually for things like weather. Yesterday, by the way, was an awesome weather day, right? That was awesome. We worked outside for like eight, I worked outside for like eight hours. This morning, I woke up and was like, I can't move today, right? So apparently that happens to me now when I work outside for a long time, right? So um, we thank God for the weather. We thank God for food. And here we see, thank God when enemies have turned back. Maybe that's a new category for us. It's 
It's a new one for me. So here's verses three through eight. It says, when my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities you rooted out. The very memory of them has perished, but the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness, right? Thank God when enemies have turned back. Okay, so the the superscript of Psalm 9, it says, to the choir master, according to Muth Laban, a Psalm of David. What does Muth Laban mean? Well, translated, it means according to the death of the son, according to the death of the son. And as we know, as we've gone through Psalms 3 through 8, it coincides with David as he's fleeing Jerusalem because his son Absalom is literally trying to have his dad assassinated. He hired 12,000 assassins to try to find his dad, David, and kill him. And then in the midst of that, he's raised up this whole conspiracy about how his dad's a terrible leader. David's going through his own personal things as he's repenting of his own sin and learning to live in the forgiveness that God has given him in the repentant life. So David's going through all of this, and here he says, according to the death of the son. That's the evil, or that is the the enemy that God has pushed back for David. And we don't know timeline-wise, historically, exactly when Psalm 9 was written. Like, we know Absalom does die, but we don't know if he's actually died. What we know is for sure that God has pushed back his enemy, or David's enemy, which in this case is his son. And David's thankful that God has pushed back the evil from Absalom's life for this time. David is aware of what God has done. He's aware that God is answering prayers and he's calling things evil. He's calling things enemy that are evil and are enemies even though it's his loved one. Thank God when enemies have turned back. As I was thinking through this psalm, this week, uh, it occurred to me that the Psalms already uh, are doing something different in, in, in me and I think in us as well. Have y'all noticed how much God versus evil there is in the Psalms already? And so we have this phrase, good versus evil. But the Psalms are teaching us to pray God versus evil. And do y'all recognize the difference between those two things and how enormous that difference is? Like when you pray good versus evil, as you're looking at the news and what's happening in the Middle East, you would think like, okay, good versus evil. And that's, that's, it's important to pray, right? But then when we think God versus evil, it makes our prayers far more vertical, doesn't it? We're like, God, you are strong. You can do this. You will make the enemy uh, go away eventually. And so would you do that now? And would you push back the enemy now? God versus evil. And so, so every human being has a category for good versus evil. But we as Christian human beings have this category of God versus evil. Who he is, how powerful he is. And then when God can help us see as he plays back the tape how he's turning back the enemy, we gotta give him praise for that. 
And so in David's case, he's, he's pushing back the, the evil within Absalom or Absalom's rebellion is being quieted somehow. David's praising God for that. So what is, the, what is the evil in your life that God is pushing back? What is the enemy in your life? Maybe it's a, it's a thing or maybe it's personal sin and, and just fighting that or maybe it's, maybe it's a, a person that is constantly afflicting you or something. What is that? And how has God been faithful this past year to push that back and thank God for it. We see here that from verse three that in God's presence, enemies stumble and perish. So, so God, would you be present in these enemy evil things for us and in our world? In verses four, seven, and eight, we see that injustices are here and they're always gonna be until Jesus comes back, but God will judge rightly. And so we think, Lord, would you judge rightly? Would you do it now? We know you will in the future. Would you do it now? There's injustices here, Lord. You judge rightly. Yes, we want everyone on the earth to judge rightly, but that's a, that can be a good versus evil prayer. We want God, you to do it. God versus evil. We wanna pray like that. And then we see from verse five that God rebukes the nations and the wicked perish. And so God, would you rebuke the nations for their evil? Would you rebuke the nations for their evil? One thing that, that we learn from the scriptures as, as we go, as we read these prayers, and we're like, man, I don't really, I don't really pray like this. Like, I don't, I don't know that I've ever prayed. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities were rooted out, right? Like, how many of you journaled that in your prayer life on Tuesday, right? Like, it's just not, it's just not how we think. And so, so here's, a, here's a term for us people who are, for all of us who are wanting to be students of the scriptures. This is called a prophetic perfect all right, a prophetic perfect. And you're gonna see this a lot in the Psalms. We'll talk about it more, but it's when the psalmist sees way into the future about when God is going to finally judge all things. He's gonna make things right. He's gonna judge the living and the dead. And so the psalmist, and we as psalmist as well, we can look into the future and see the, the future of Jesus doing all of those things. And so it's a prophetic perfect for us. But as we pray those things, we can kind of, we can uh, take from that future hope and that future truth, like God, you are powerful today. So yes, you versus evil today. You versus enemies today. So though today isn't the end yet, we can pray, Lord, you are that powerful. Would you move today? And that's exactly what David's doing, thanking God for when enemies turn back. We, we have reason to pray like this, and Ephesians 6, 12 helps us with that. So Ephesians 6, 12, it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So that's, that's the armor of God passage. And I think so often we're like, armor of God, Lord, good versus evil, like I'm good. Uh, would, you, would you fight evil? Instead, it's God versus evil. We put on the breastplate of, right, breastplate of righteousness, like God through Jesus has made us righteous. And so Lord, it's you versus the, the evil in this world that would say that you haven't made me righteous or you're not able to make me righteous. We pray, we pray spiritually, and we pray vertically to the Lord, God, would you push back evil? So I'm, I'm recognizing that my prayer life is all too pedestrian, right? It's, it's very physical, and I need my prayer life, and we need our prayer life to be more spiritual, like God versus evil. Lord, would you turn back enemies? Would you turn back evil? And when you do, Lord, 
we're gonna give you praise, all right? So thank God with your whole heart. Thank God when he, when he turns back evil. Thank God, here's the third one, because he never forsakes us. Thank God because he never forsakes us. Verses nine through 12. Nine through 12 say the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. The Lord is. Right? The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the peoples his deeds. For he who avenges blood is mindful of them, and he does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Now you read 9 through 12, and you're like, is this a psalm about thanksgiving, right? Like, th- like, this is different than the way I usually give thanks at meals, right? Like, like but, but, but that's what the scripture does, right? Remember, that's one reason we're in the psalms this year is, Lord, teach us to pray, right? The, like, he has given us these prayers, and so we're learning to abide. And so what, is, what are we seeing here from these verses is that God is enthroned forever and he will judge righteously. So God, we thank you that you, you don't forsake us. You are enthroned forever. You realize how many times in verse Psalm already, in, in verse Psalm, in Psalm 9, that uh, the word sit or God has set and, and that is used and it's all going back to Psalm 2.6 where God the Father has set his son on his holy hill. And so here is a reference for sure to Jesus and Jesus' dominion, Jesus' power, and we thank him for who he is, that he doesn't leave us nor forsake us. Why doesn't he leave us or forsake us? It's because he's enthroned forever, because his covenant, therefore, is enthroned forever, because his covenant is from him and what he did on the cross and resurrection, and the resurrection is life, so this is alive forever, right? So, so the psalmist David is thinking, Lord, you're enthroned forever. You will judge righteously. You are the stronghold, so... This is interesting. In the midst of mentioning that God is stronghold and enthroned forever, we get some things that we do as a result of that. The first one right here is, is we trust him and we know his name. God is your stronghold, so, so what? Trust him and know his name. God, we thank you that you're our stronghold. Now we wanna do something with that thanks and we wanna trust you and we wanna know your name. Like y'all, what is your stronghold? Is your stronghold the circumstance getting better? Is your stronghold you having a good day? Is your stronghold you being healed of the thing that you're bothered by? Is that your stronghold? Or is the Lord your stronghold? It's gotta be the Lord. And that's what David's saying. So the Lord is your stronghold, so trust him and know his name. And then God will never forsake you. So the thing that we do with that promise, God will never forsake you. It says right here, we seek him. So God is never gonna forsake you. But that isn't, doesn't mean just be passive like, he's never gonna forsake me so I'm good. It means seek him. He's right there with you in it. So seek him and thank him that he's with you. The promise that God never forsakes us is worthy of our thanksgiving. Y'all hear this. God is with you even when others are not. God is enthroned even during bad news. He is the stronghold because he is enthroned forever. So, You've been through some stuff this year. How is it apparent that God never forsook you during that? How is it apparent to you? And give him thanks for that. So, so we thank God. We thank God with our whole hearts and we thank him when he pushes back the enemy and we thank him because he never forsakes us. And here's the last one. We thank him in advance by faith. 
And this is another one that's, that's maybe a little new to us. We think in, in advance by faith. So, so we're thinking like, Lord, I believe you can do that. And so I'm gonna go ahead and thank you for it. So as I read verses 13 through 18, I want you to be noticing how praise and thanksgiving is mingled with petition. So here's the part of the psalm where David's asking for stuff. This is a psalm about thanks, but here he's asking for some things, but in the midst of that asking is thankfulness for God answering the prayer on the back end. That's really cool. Like that's full of faith prayer, right? And so we see that in 13 through 18. So here it is. Look as I, as I read. It says, be gracious to me, O Lord. See my affliction from those who hate me. O you who lift, up my, lift me up from the gates of death that I may recount all your praises, that in the gates of the daughter of Zion I may rejoice in your salvation. The nations have sunk in the pit that they've made, in the net that they hid, their own foot has been caught. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. The wicked are snared in, their wor- in the work of their own hands. And then those next two words, Hebrew words mean meditate, meditate. Slow down and think. 17 through 20. The wicked shall return to Sheol, all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, and the hope of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are but men. Selah. All right, so all of you, when you're asked by your families to pray the Thanksgiving meal prayer, just go ahead and memorize and recite <laughs> Psalm 19 because everyone's gonna get it, right? Everyone's gonna be like, oh, so fitting, right, right? All right, so, what, so what's going on here, right? He's thanking God in advance by faith, but the things that he's thanking God for are things that Jesus is gonna do during his second coming when he judges the living and the dead. He's like, God, you are righteous. Jesus, you are gonna judge. I want you to do that now. Help me in my affliction, but I'm casting my mind to when you're gonna help me in my affliction fully forever. Do you realize the power of that for the, for the person who's praying? Is you app, you, you're apprehending from the future true things hope for today. Like, God, Jesus, you're strong enough to do that. You are going to do that. I believe you can help me today in my affliction. God, you're, you're going you're to take care of worldwide enemy and evil. I believe you can push back the evil today. And, I, and give me eyes to see it, Lord, and show me. I thank you, Lord, that you're strong, that you're capable. And so I'm apprehending from that prayer confidence in your strength today. Lord, you can do these things today, and I give you thanks in advance. So verses 13 through 14, he's talking about his own affliction. And then he's saying, oh, you who lift me. You've lifted me in the past, Lord. Would you lift me today? You will lift me in the future regarding the things I'm praying. 15 through 16, he's talking about evil. And he's thinking God has made himself known against evil already in this world. He's doing it today. So God, you will again So we thank you in advance by faith for taking care of evil once and for all one day, Lord. And then 17 through 20 is talking about the needy. There's so many needy people. There's so many oppressed people. There's so many poor people in this world. And we thank you that heaven is ahead for them. And Lord, we thank you in advance that heaven is coming. We pray that everyone can know you. 
this week, uh, I was reading, um, I was actually reading a book on church membership, and, uh, and y'all are like, what a weirdo, right? But that's what I do, all right? So, so uh, I'm reading, and there's this new word in there, and it's this word, imperium. That's a new word for me, imperium. And uh, so, you know, like I just read it, I was on the screen porch, I'm reading, and come in, it's dinner time, and I'm like, hey, kids and family, um, kids and family, you know, <laughs> wife and kids, all right, whatever, I don't know what's going on with me right now. So I'm like, hey, I learned this new word today, and it's this word, imperium, have y'all ever heard it? And no joke, Maddie and Luke, my two oldest, were like, yeah, dad, the word imperium, we know it, it's one of our Latin vocab words, it means ultimate authority. I was like, okay then, right? I mean, they didn't say it to me with that kind of attitude. They were way more gentle. I was embellishing it a little bit, but they already knew the word. And then the next morning, like I'm waking up, I've got my coffee, I've got my Bible, I'm sitting at the dining room table and Vanessa comes in with this bound, uh, this bound notebook and it's the vocab thing. And she's like, look, here's the word Imperium on their vocab list. I'm like, come on, right? So anyway. I'm uh, last of the party on this word in my, my own family. But if you're with me in last of the party, let me explain to you what imperium means. Imperium means ultimate authority. It means the buck stops with this person. And uh, you know what? Like our culture, our world thinks uh, the state has imperium. We think leaders have imperium. Uh, we think maybe a sickness has imperium or a situation has imperium. You know what? None of those things have imperium. Jesus Christ has imperium. And we see that loud and clear from verses 13 through 20. He has final authority. Not only does he have it, he will make it known on this earth. Jesus has imperium. He has final authority. And when we know that, and when we're praying like that, and Lord, you've got it in the future, like you've got it now, and it's coming in the future, you bring that into your day, and you give him thanks for that future grace that he's going to provide, that future reckoning that he's going to provide, that future making it right that he's going to provide. You thank him in advance by faith for what he's going to do, and then you bring from that confidence and hope into your day, into your day. So I want to add some uh, big picture promise into our prayer lives as, as we read Psalm 9. Uh, I, if you're like me, prayer life is, is pretty pedestrian and you're thinking like, all right, Lord, physical needs, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm, I'm recognizing as we go through the Psalms and particularly Psalm 9, like, man, it's God versus evil. And Lord, there's big time things that you're gonna do and you're already doing something. I need to, I can pull and apprehend faith and hope and confidence from that end of my day. I believe you're gonna do things as I pray to you and it fires up our prayer life. And so even, thankfulness is good. Even secularists will tell you, tell you that, right? Thankfulness is good. But when we're thanking God who's going to do all these things and who is actually powerful to do all of them, man, our faith rises, our hope rises, our anxieties cease. Or, or slow in a big way, and, and we're recognizing, man, I can go through this world confident in the Lord. David is still going through these things. He's thankful for God pushing back the enemy, but he's still saying in verse 13, be gracious to me, O Lord, see my affliction. He's still going through it, and all of us are too. God has done a lot, so thank him for that, but you're going through a lot now. God can and will do a lot as well, so thank him. Be in that spirit of thankfulness because Jesus triumphs, and, and it will, uh, knowing he will triumph, will add endurance to your life and your faith. Um, as we close, I wanna just share a, a story about 
about my dad. Um, he, was a, he was a big Thanksgiving guy, uh, right? Like the meal and, um, and also the, the holiday. So I remember as a kid, like grandparents are coming, all that, we're all around the table. And um, my dad, even all year long, he was a Thanksgiving guy. Um, and one thing he would do is he would pause us to exult, like E-X-U-L-T, that word we talked about at the beginning of the passage. He would pause us to exult, and he would say things like, we have a lot to be thankful for. He'd say it very conversationally. It wasn't like he was leading a devotion, but, but as I look back, I'm like, it, it was very devotional for me to hear, to hear uh, my dad say that. We have a lot to be thankful for. And then as we'd share stories, he would just kind of interject. He would exult. This is one of God's many blessings. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for his presence in my life to point out like God did that. God can do that. Like this is one of his blessings. Let's thank him for that. And so as we close today, I wanna give us all an opportunity to do that, to thank the Lord for what he's doing in your life, right? All of us need to slow down for sure. And this is one of those moments. Just take a minute and thank the Lord. James 1.17, I've got the reference wrong on the slide. It's James 1.17, not James 1.7, but it's God is the father of lights and the giver of every good and perfect gift. And I want you to think about that verse as you look at it for a minute. We just saw in Psalm 8, God is the father of lights. Well, yeah, he made and hung the, the sun and moon and stars. And he's also the giver of every good and perfect gift. Do you realize that? Like how exalted he is, how amazing he is, how majestic is his name in all the earth. And he cares for us. He's mindful of us, Psalm 8. And he's the giver of every good and perfect gift. And he cares for the afflicted. He's going to judge the living and the dead way, way in the future or or today, whenever that is. But he also cares for me and he never forsakes us. That's remarkable. That's who our God is. And so we want to thank him for who he is and for what he's done. So let's, let's just bow your heads and I want to lead you in a time of prayer, just simple outline prayer type of thing. So first, just, just exalt personally that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift, that God is the father of lights. Exalt in who he is and what he's doing. you are those things. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift. And Lord, that you're the father of lights who created it all. That's amazing. So we give you glory for those things, Lord, who you are. Lord, right now, we want to give you our thanks with our whole heart. So Lord, right now, church, recount to the Lord personally, you and him, what he's done for you, who he is. Recount, just let the tape play and think about the last day, month, year, what God's done and give him give him thanks Thank you for all of those things and just pray that as we're doing this now, this 
recounting this list would grow as our week goes on, this week of thanksgiving, Lord. Grow the list, play the tape, help us exult in you for who you are, what you've done in our lives. And um, uh, church next, let's pray um, and thank God for when he has turned back enemies in your life. Maybe that's Maybe that's sin, maybe that's wickedness, maybe it's a person or a thing, a situation. Praise God for how he's turned back enemies. really God versus evil, and we give you glory for that. We thank you that you are pushing back evil and enemies in this world today. And God, we want to be on your side in those things, so help us and keep us and make your face to shine upon us, Lord. In the midst of that, as we see you and recount you pushing back enemies in our lives, we recognize that even in the midst of affliction from that enemy thing or those enemies, even then, you never left us nor forsook us. And so God, we wanna thank you for that. Church, let's thank the Lord now that he never leaves you nor forsakes you. And last, we wanna thank God in advance by faith. So what is the thing that's on your mind right now? What's the thing you need? Uh, What's the way that you want to grow? What's something that you want for a friend that only God can provide? You want for a loved one that only God could provide? You want for our city, for our world that only God could provide? Let's thank him in advance, knowing that he has all power over all things, all authority. He will, Jesus will come back and judge the living and the dead. So let's thank him in advance for what he can do. Let's pray prayers of faith now to to help us in our affliction, to provide for the, for the needy, to push back evil. And let's thank him in advance for doing those things. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift. You are the father of lights and in you there is no shadow of change. We praise you that you are who you say you are, that you do what you say you will do. God, that you created everything and that you care for us. We give you thanks, God, for the many things that you've done in our lives. We thank you for forgiveness through Jesus Christ and what he, Jesus, what you have done on the cross for us and rising from the dead. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for the day-to-day care that you provide for us, Lord, the daily bread, the manna that you provide, the leadership, the wisdom, your Holy Spirit who is guiding us. We thank you for all of those things, for pushing back the enemy, for being with us, and for 
for all the future things that you will do, God. We thank you. We want to live and abide in a state of thanksgiving, even when things are difficult. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name and by the power of your spirit. Amen.